If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. You probably heard that you are the average of the five people that you hang out with. Today, I want to encourage you to stop and reflect for a moment. Who are you actually spending your time with? Are these supportive, encouraging people that are motivated action takers and that share a common dream to live a life that's full and fulfilled? Or are they more unhappy, unmotivated, and stuck and pulling your energy, energy, energy vampires, as we like to say, or are they somewhere in, in the middle? Either way, whoever you surround yourself has a, has a ripple effect on the results in your life. So the good news is that surrounding yourself with high achieving, motivated, happy people that, that are moving toward the best version of themselves will affect you and accelerate your success. How do I know this? I've been running mastermind groups for over eight years now, and I see it day in and day out. The most important element of your success is who you surround yourself with. So what are you doing about that? And that's the whole point of this show, listening to people that have a different perspective, people that are successful, people that maybe you want to get to know and reach out to, and give you their contact information. However, when you're ready to truly start your path toward financial freedom and fulfillment in your life, then find out what mastermind fits for you. All you have to do is to go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. Jump on a call with one of my directors of opportunity and then find out if it's a fit for you. In this session, you're in for a treat because today's guest is another Canadian like me. He's very charismatic and he's very generous with his knowledge. Evan Carmichael believes in entrepreneurship. At 19, he built and then sold a biotech software company. At 22, he was a venture capitalist helping to raise up to $15 million. And now, in the true theme of being an entrepreneur, he runs evancarmichael.com, a popular website for entrepreneurs. He breathes and bleeds entrepreneurship. In fact, he's obsessed at aiming to help 1 billion entrepreneurs change the world. He has set two world records using a stand-up desk and rides a Vespa, raises funds for Kifa. He likes to wear five-toe shoes and created entrepreneur trading cards. He speaks globally, but Toronto is his home. He loves being married. He's got a son. He loves salsa dancing. In fact, he owns, I believe, the largest salsa dancing club in Canada. He likes DJing, League of Legends, and the Toronto Blue Jays. So, without any further ado, let me welcome to today's podcast, Evan Carmichael. Great to be here, Rock. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> yeah, my pleasure. So, two fellow Canadians uh, loving the personal development field. You've met with a lot of people that I've met with or that I idolize. I've been working with Tony for 20 years. You got Ed Milet. You got a bunch of people. Let's uh, work this backwards. How did you get to where you are today? Big question. So uh, I think your purpose comes from your pain. So I think whatever you struggled the most with as a human, 
where you felt the most worthless is the thing that you want to then help other people through. And so I struggled so much as an entrepreneur myself in my first business that now I want to help other people build their businesses and, and become successful entrepreneurs. Um, my biggest core value is believe. It's my one word. It's what I built my entire you know business life brand around. And the thing that saved me in my first business was modeling success by I had a software company by looking at how Bill Gates built his business, I was able to build mine. And so for the past 20 years, I've just been teaching other people how they can model success as well. And it's, it's led me to be able to meet some of the people who I used to only make videos on. So super grateful for. So tell us a little bit about you own the, uh, the biggest dance studio in Canada, is it? For salsa? Yeah, I own yeah. Toronto Dance Salsa. That's a um, relatively new acquisition. I was an investor in it and then, and then took over the business and we'll teach 5,000 people a year how to dance salsa. Um, so super fun. That's how I met my wife. Okay. Uh, it's not the typical business I would get involved in because it's, it's, it's harder to scale versus an online business. And right. is, is uh, right now in coronavirus era is uh, shut down because we can't, social distancing and salsa dancing do not work well together. Yes. Um, but I took up salsa dancing because it's one of those things that I love. I love the idea of it. I love doing it. I went and didn't listen to my head. I, on paper, didn't look like I should. I'm, I'm too tall. I don't speak Spanish. I take big steps. You know, <laughs> I didn't learn dancing growing up, but I just, I, I took one class and I loved it and just wanted to keep doing it. And then eventually invest into a, one of the businesses and then took it over and now growing it up. So it's more labor of love um, right. than anything else. I mean, it, it's a profitable business, but but I'm in it because of how much I genuinely love it. That's beautiful. Moving the body's a great thing. Let's talk a little bit about your built to serve. What's the, what's the core message behind that? What do you want people to get from that? New book just came out, built to serve. The idea is humans are built to serve. Uh, and that if you're not happy, it's because you're not serving either the world, you know, you know, rock and I have a big ambition. We want to serve the world. We want to serve many people and have a deep impact with them. And chances are your listeners, your viewers are, are along the same path, but some people are built to serve the world. Other people are just built to serve the 25 closest people to them, kind of close knit family, maybe not giant mission, but you're still built to serve. If you're not happy, it's because you're not serving. Uh, they did functional MRIs on people's brains and found that when, when you're serving others and helping others, it touches the same part of your brain as having food and having sex. Uh, which are also both pretty important. Human, human uh, survival. <laughs> needs are yeah, survival. You know, one uh, you're dead without and one you're just really not happy with that. <laughs> uh, and, and so serving is also in there. Like if you're not happy and you haven't been happy for a while, there's probably been a sustained period of, of not serving others and feeling like the work that you do doesn't matter to anybody, that it's not right. having an impact. And so the point of the book is to one, just shine a light on that, put this magnifying glass in your life and say, hey, you can fix this by serving other people and then giving people a, a way on how to actually do it. So not all service is equal, you know, holding the door for somebody or buying a cup of coffee for the person behind you in line is, is great, it is good, but it's nowhere near as good as helping people go through the thing that you went through and seeing the hope and, and energy and joy light up in their eye so they feel like they can do it too. Yeah. I love that. How much of that weaves into your philosophy around, you know, the fact that people just don't believe in themselves? A lot. I think it's, it's, the, I call it the world's number one problem. I think the biggest problem in the world is people just don't believe in themselves enough. I like to say everybody has Michael Jordan level talent at something. 
but they just haven't found it or don't believe in themselves enough to go chase it down. Uh, whatever other problem, you know, cancer. Great. I think the woman who solves cancer is a manager at McDonald's because she never believed in herself enough to go chase down a, a career in medicine. Um, and so I think it mean, times into I am as well. Like, what does I am mean? And I am in believing in yourself to go chase down that big thing. To, to, to say I am something, but then not believe it means you don't follow through. Right. It, it, it's not actually true to you. And so I was probably why we're both talking here together. You invited me on this show that our missions are, are you know, aligned. We're just attacking it from two slightly different points of view. Totally. And the whole idea behind the I am movement is that our loved ones, our parents, our caretakers may have given us a label that we believed, but we shouldn't. We should doubt it, but we believe it. And instead we doubt the things that we should believe. So we might you know, believe that we're ugly or short or too tall or whatever. And instead of leaning into that, we end up believing it and becoming really a smaller version of ourselves. And I so, think it's so important right now. I'm sorry to cut you off. Just I wanted to touch on that for a second. Cause mm-hmm. I think, I think your parents, I have a saying where your parents are pilgrims, where your parents, the opportunities available to you. So I turned 40 uh, in May. So coming up on 40, the opportunities available to me at 40 compared to what my parents had at 40 is vastly different. And so for people listening, especially if you're you know younger demographic, if you're 18, 19, 25, 32, whatever, the, the opportunities available to you as a 25-year-old compared to what your parents had at 25 is insanely different. I'm, I'm looking at my son who's, who's going to be 11, who who's, gets a laptop in his school. Are you kidding me? Lab, I didn't have a laptop in grade six. Like <laughs> this didn't happen. And so your parents love you, probably, probably. There's a good chance they love you. Uh, they're just operating on a different operating system. They're, you're, they're, they're pilgrims. They just, they want you to see success, but success to them looks totally different because they don't understand the world you're living in. So mm-hmm. I actually leave with empathy around that before, before moving to what I'm going to do with my life. Like people say, well, why don't my parents support me? And why don't these people, they probably love you and they think they're supporting you. And so it starts, it's really hard sometimes for kids to become now the adult in the relationship. You need to be the adult for your parents. You need to be the one who takes the higher road. You need to be the one who has empathy for them and stop expecting them to always support you on the things that you want to do, right? It's really hard to make that mind switch. But when you do, you recognize I'm the adult. Then, then I think that's actually when you can lean into to believe in yourself, to, to I am, to creating the new life and future that you want for yourself. I really like that perspective because I think a lot of the elderly with Google have been outcasts now. It used to be that we had to get the wisdom from the elderly. And now the young generations tend to lean toward, I don't really need that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and I think there's definitely time and place. I think I, I, I have my parents on my wall behind me here. So I've got five giant canvases on my wall and these are pretty big canvases. And there's a picture of me when I'm eight or nine years old, my parents Mm -hmm. above me and my parents are still alive. Um, you know, in their seventies, uh, and they're still, they're still who I go to for. They're they're a rock in terms of belief, right? They would tell me, "I'm Evan Castrilli Carmichael. I can do anything that I believe that I can." Would be like the message repeated in my head over and over and over again. And so, for for how to be a human, I think there's still a lot of great life lessons that you can learn from from your elders, from your parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, people in the community. I think there's still a lot of value there, but a lot of the tactics. No, like I'm not going to go to my dad to ask him about how to win on YouTube. 
It's like, he doesn't understand it. He watches a couple <laughs> videos. They're not going to know how to set up a podcast and how to do zoom calls. And right. That's not why I'm going right. to them. And so it's, I think it's really important to model success and you model what you like about different people. So behind me, I have Steve jobs on my wall. And I also have my parents on my wall, right? I want to be a father. Like my father was a father. I can get a lot of advice and wisdom and knowledge and help from him that I may not be able to find on Google because he can understand me and give me context specific uh, information. I don't want to be a father like Steve Jobs. Right. He wasn't a great father, not something at least no. that I want to emulate and model. But I want to be a visionary like Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be a visionary like my father because he's not a visionary. Right. So it's taking different things from different people to say, how do I, the goal is how do I be the best me? What can I take from rock? that I can learn to make me better, right? And I don't have to agree with everything Rock says. I just have to take one or two things that makes my life better. Yeah. And I think that's where people are falling down is they're taking the wrong advice from the wrong people. Nobody is the perfect you. You need to build the perfect you. I agree with that. Wrong advice from the wrong people. Speaking of that, you have a bag of Doritos and slash represents a form of self-discipline for you, yes? I would, I would call it self-love, but we can go discipline. <laughs> okay. So tell us about that because I think it's, it's significant. Yeah. So I got, it looks small here. I'll bring it up close to my face. This, this is a pretty, it's a pretty sizable bag of Doritos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, is, this is not just some tiny. Bigger than your head. Bigger than my head for sure. Yeah. So um, I have a strategy called damn the Doritos. And, and people ask me in my videos often, is Doritos sponsoring you? Like why is Doritos on your desk? This is a weird duck idea that maybe fits or maybe is just a little too out there. But I think when you're on a diet, the common advice is get the junk food out of the house. Uh, don't be around it. Don't be tempted. Have, have, you know, have, have water, have, you know, like celery and, and yeah. whatever, Healthy all the green peppers and all this stuff, right? Like have that around you. So you're not tempted. I think that's a great first step, but I think ultimately you're telling yourself that you suck. And so I see it as if you break your leg, you have a, you, you're on crutches. Great. But your ultimate goal is to get rid of the crutches and walk again. If you are telling yourself, I can't handle being around Doritos or cookies or whatever, then the problem is as soon as you leave your perfect environment, you go to a vacation, you go on a cruise ship, you go to an office party. What are you doing? You're, you're filling your face with all the stuff that you said you weren't going to do. And then you feel terrible. So Damn the Doritos. Like this is my, my weakness. I, my mouth is watering right now. Just thinking about these Doritos that are in front of me. I want to eat them. So I went to Costco and bought like the half human size, the big one. And, and it just, it usually sits right here, but I'm in book promotion mode. So it's my books. So we got them. They're still here. They're down there, but I see it every day when I walk to the office and it's a reminder, the self-talk in my head is I'm awesome. I'm not eating those today. I think self-love, self-confidence, self-respect comes from doing difficult things and teaching yourself that you do difficult things. So for me, this is difficult. You know, for you, you may hate Doritos or be allergic to nachos or whatever. That's easy, but find your own version of it. And so I try to apply that. I don't want to tell myself, here's a, here's an easy way out. I love hacks. I love, I love, you know, the shortcuts, but not, not because, uh, from a position of strength, not weakness. Um, okay. Same thing like the alarm. People say, put the, put the phone in the other room so that you don't, like it's in the kitchen. So you have to get up. I hate that. I think, I think it means every night you're telling yourself, I suck. 
I'm right. not capable of just getting out of bed. So I need to have it in the other room. Right. And this flies in the face of what a lot of people in our industry will talk about and do. So I'm just saying this is my perspective for myself. It may not be prescriptive, but I think uh, definitely your self-love, self-respect comes from doing difficult things. And I want the inner voice in my head for me to say, Evan, I'm awesome. I'm proud of my effort today. I like it. And I think coaches are, do just that, bring different perspectives. And this is definitely a perspective of choice in the moment, right? Because I have the discipline, I have the choice, I have the willpower, I have the desire, I have the vision of myself at that higher space. So I like it a lot. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your journey to meeting a lot of your mentors. It's not everybody that gets to interview the type of people you've interviewed. How did that come about and who did you enjoy the most? So I think as you're going down your path, how you make the connection to the people that you want to meet is, how, is thinking, how can I provide them with value? The more you can learn to bring people value, the more they're going to want to work with you, be around you, help you and, and reciprocate. So for me, this, this wasn't even part of my ambition uh, when I first started off creating content. I, I you know, learned from Bill Gates. I built my company off his strategies. I started a YouTube channel that then shared what I had learned from different entrepreneurs and profiled a lot of the people that I looked up to and respected. And as I started doing that more, some people shared it. So 50 Cent shared his video and Floyd Mayweather shared his video and Tyree shared his video and people started sharing the videos I was making about them. And it's super flattering. Um, it's not unexpected. I didn't, I wasn't surprised, but I also didn't expect that this was going to happen. Uh, the first person that we started actually doing something with was Tony, Tony Robbins. So he said, you've been with him for 20 years, um, me a lot less, more four years, I think. Um, and we did a top 10 video on him where I, I break down 10 of his you know, rules for success as seen through my eyes. And then him, his team put it up on his YouTube channel. Now I'm working with this team at this point. I don't know, Tony. Tony's a really busy guy. Tony's not just hanging out on YouTube, leaving comments and <laughs> he's crazy Jack full of all sorts of activities in his regular day. He maybe doesn't even know I exist at this point, but his team does. And, so, and this can be the step, right? Like how do you provide value to the people around the person that you want to get to know? And so they liked the video. They put it up on his channel. I think it's still there. If you look at his YouTube channel on, on the playlist, it's one of the videos on there. And then that led to other opportunities that led to more people. I started building more notoriety um, and, and opportunities kind of kept falling into place. Um, it started with a position of, I want to, I want to serve. I'm still built to serve. Every time we do a mashup of a video, it's always good. It's always showing the person in a good light and what I have learned from them. If I did the top 10 stupidest things that Kanye West has said, and Kanye's on my wall back there, um, I'm sure that video would blow up. It's just not, I don't feel good about it. It's not, it's not the, the things that I want to be putting out into the world. Um, I'm sure even Tony, if I did a, if I tried to make Tony look bad and find some clips and edit them to see how Tony is wrong, I'm sure that video would blow up. People love negativity more than education. It just doesn't feel right to me. Um, and so as I started showcasing these people and building up more attention awareness and bringing them value, I started to get more recognition and awareness. Um, and I honestly need to, I need to own that part for myself a little bit more. Um, I just got invited. I just came back from Puerto Rico where, where Brendan Bouchard invited me to join his, his mastermind. mastermind. Mm -hmm. But like for him, I spoke at his event where people are paying 30 to 50 K to be. 
But then he said, hey, do you want to hang out for another week and come to my place? And I'm bringing, I'm bringing my homies to hang out. So it's like Tom Bilyeu and Russell Brunson and Dean Graziosi and David Bach and like his friends for his annual mastermind right. where he's asking his problems. Right. And everybody goes around the table. I'm like, oh my God, I, how, how, I don't feel like I deserve to be here, right? I'm just making videos on these guys. And two years later now I'm, anyway, so I still have to work through, you know, that of, of feeling like, hey, I got something to contribute as well. But when you're bringing value to the people uh, that you want to get connected with, and it's actual value for them, not what you just think is valuable, but real value to them and the people around them, then it bubbles up and, and, and you'll find your path through to be able to make the connection. That's awesome. I love that. I love Brendan Bouchard. If you've done it, his event. he's a great guy. And um, all those people are, are really smart people. So let's talk a little bit about what you, you referenced. As you said, you know, you felt like you got invited into that room and that's a great room, but how are you going to serve, right? You're built to serve and how are you going to yeah. provide value and how are you going to deal with what we all have on some level? And maybe it's only a glimpse for you of, you know, am I worthy of being in that room? And that's yeah. what you teach other people, right? Of course. But, but so belief is what I teach and belief is, is my most important core value. And it's also the biggest thing I struggle with. It, it always is like your most important core value is always the thing that you continue to struggle with just at a bigger level. Right. Belief in myself to make a YouTube video is easy. Belief in myself to sit at this table is hard. Right. And so you're just capable of, of slaying bigger dragons. Yes. Um, I love the expression beyond the mountain is more mountains. It's like, you don't want to just hit the top of the mountain. You no. keep climbing new mountains. Like let's keep yes. going. So um, my thought going in was I, I knew Tom and I knew Dean and I, I knew that I've interviewed them. I've had them on my channel. Most of these people I've already kind of known from afar, but a lot of what I teach is around belief and, and entrepreneurship and, and all this stuff. But I'm going to go and teach Brendan Burchard about believing in himself more. Like it just <laughs> like, they're all teaching the same stuff. Right. And then often at a higher level than what I'm teaching. Right. So like, wow. So what are we going to talk about? <laughs> um, and so for me, it was now narrowed down to YouTube, right? Because I'm great at YouTube and I can help them at YouTube and, and their message needs to be on YouTube more. Right. Um, and I, and even if it's not them pushing the buttons, Brendan's not uploading his videos to YouTube and you know, he's yeah. not doing it. They have teams, but right. the strategy behind it is something that I can really help them with to help them grow their impact. Cause they still want to grow their impact, their legacy. And I think YouTube is right now the number one place to do it. And, um, so I, I, it's recentering my thought process. So usually when I'm brought into entrepreneur groups, I'm talking about starting up and belief and, and finding your purpose and all this stuff is like, I don't, I'm not going to teach Brendan about finding his purpose. So it's rewiring it about, Oh, okay. I, I am, I'm, I'm here because of YouTube. I am a master at it. I am the Brendan Burchard of YouTube for this. I'm the best at this, right. And owning that and then being able to, to, to step to the table with a lot more confidence. Um, but still just also acknowledging when it was my turn to grow on the table, I, I was acknowledged my insecurities. Like, sure. I'm super anxious and nervous to be here. I feel like <clears> I can't bring you guys a ton of value, but I'm going to do my best over the next three days. And, and even just that little intro got some people after the cup and talk to me. It's like, Hey, I'm super anxious and nervous to be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this woman who just sold her business for $1.3 billion is now coming up to me and saying, Hey, I'm really yeah. nervous. To, right. So, um, 
I think leaning into the vulnerabilities is still something I'm, I'm working on being better at um, because it just makes you more human and doesn't take away from the greatness you have at, at something else. You familiar with Goalcast? Yeah, I know Goalcast. So I had a video that came out and it was supposed to be seen by 2 million. Okay. It ended up going viral. It's been seen by 100 million people. Nice. And I have a little bit of that imposter syndrome is like, it's one of the most successful on the planet. Yeah. And you, what, what do I do with that? I think Tony had one come out that's been seen by 17 million and I've got 100 million. The message just clicked. Yeah. And now my brain is like, how do I leverage that to connect with more people? If I was speaking to you, which I am right now, I'm thinking YouTube probably would be something that I should investigate. Does that, does that make sense? A hundred percent. I mean, Goldcast is, is YouTube and Facebook, right? At least as far as I know, I don't know if they're doing anything else, but um, from a YouTube perspective, YouTube, you would crush on YouTube, Like you need to be on YouTube. Uh, the biggest reason is YouTube is the only place where your content lives forever. That that Goldcast video was recorded however long ago and is still getting views now. Right. And they're and, making a ton of money off of it. Oh, sure. I'm like, awesome. I want them to make money because they're exactly. spreading, they're spreading Rock Thomas Good. as well, right? Exactly. Good vibes. And, and, and the, the I am movement doesn't stop in a year. No. The value of the message is, is for the rest of your life and beyond. Right. And so when you post something on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, two days later, it's dead. Nobody's going yes. back on your Instagram from a, a, a day ago, let alone five years ago. Your video today, as long as you're talking about timeless stuff, you're talking about I am, if you're talking about coronavirus, great. In five years, people probably won't care. But right. I am movement stuff in five years is still relevant. And so you still are getting shown. And so if you, if you are a thought leader, an expert, uh, great on camera, which, which you are, um, YouTube should be the, the place that you call home and then make 10 minute plus videos and then cut them down to go to the other platforms. Um, your podcast, like this should be a YouTube video when you're bringing on guests, but also you. Like it's one thing to be an interviewer, but you don't want to just be known as the Larry King guy. You have your own voice. You have your own very powerful movement and message. So, so splicing in the content so that if you're doing one interview is also um, either you going on a, on, a, on a speech or coaching somebody. So you're the expert. Amazing, fantastic. Let's end it off on the uh, coronavirus. What are your thoughts around that? And how are people gonna come through this? I think some will come through great, some are gonna get knocked down. What are your thoughts? I think like with anything else, life throws punches at all of us and some will come out great and some will get knocked out. I think it's a choice. I think this is a fantastic time for, for people watching, listening to own the leadership role for the people around you to step, even though you're afraid and you don't have certainty of what's going to happen to, to make the choice to not be overwhelmed by the news because checking death toll updates every 45 minutes is not going to add any value, right? I mean, be informed is one thing, like don't be stupid. Awesome. But, but then how are you going to use your time productively to then go off and serve? If you think about you as a leader who, who has a desire to serve, especially in chaos and panic, we need your, your voice, your calm, your, your support, your service now more than ever. And so I would, I would use it as a rallying call, um, not just for yourself, but for the people around you, be that your immediate family 
or your employees and your team or your friends or, or your community at large to bring some calm, to give hope and encouragement and not be overwhelmed by the chaos. Now, now is the call to uh, arms to be a, a great leader for the people around you. All right. And on that note, we are incredibly pleased that you decided to come and join us from Toronto, Canada. Appreciate the love. Thank you, Rock. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.